0: Welcome to the gap. This is gap. They should have never gave you platform. Yeah, what's good with y'all out there? I'm your host Kamal. This is another episode of the gap. Hey, I got the best audience out there. Give yourself a goddamn hand clap. Uh kids are watching. Hell yeah. Ooh! Hey, shout out to B Williams who commented on my show, said the show is always on point. You see it? I'ma show it on the ah big screen, baby. Appreciate you, bruh. Love comments like that. And the negative comments too. I <laughs> them too. But I'ma roast your stupid ass if you do them negative comments, you feel me? <laughs> oh, snaps. All right, let me look at, I like to thank my sponsors, First Place Losers. The link to the shop gonna be in the description below. Y'all go check that out. Look, for my tubers out there, YouTube been around since 2005. I don't need to tell y'all what to do to get the video or the channel boom. But I do need to tell y'all to sub and share. Sub and share for your boy. Hey, for my podcast, Ooh. I'm on Apple Podcasts, I'm on Google Podcasts, And I'm on SoundCloud. Across all the platforms, all you got to do is either type in The gab or Kamal Johnson ENT, BOW, and I'll pop right up. All right, let's hop right into it. And yeah, I'm using the Will Smith and Chris Rock incident again to talk about another topic. And we got to talk about childhood trauma. And how basically childhood trauma can affect your adulthood decisions, for real. And the reason why I'm using the Will Smith and Chris Rock incident because it's been been more information coming out, and them talking about how their childhood kind of shaped their reaction to the decision. One, we start out with Will Smith, and he had an interview. Where he was talking about when he was a younger kid, how he just like, in, throughout his life, he felt like he wasn't a protector. He felt like he was a weaker man. Because, and it's just one of the incidents that he told us. It could have been other traumas in his childhood that could have brought this up, but he said that when he was nine, he saw his mother get beat by his father abused, was like whooping her ass and shit. And he was helpless. He felt like he couldn't do anything. And he said from that time on, he, he wanted to be a protector, no matter what. And that's a trauma in his childhood that essentially affected his adulthood decision to go up on the stage and smack Chris Rock for disrespecting his wife, Jada Pika Smith. The other flip side of it, Chris Rock. His childhood traumas. On how he handled the decision and how he said that this affected him mentally because he was bullied as a kid. And he was he was. Bullied and he was a smaller kid and he just uh you know he started the kind of reason why he kinda started comedy and how he kinda just like he kinda dealt with it his whole goddamn life. Being a smaller kid getting bullied by other kids, didn't really, really learn how to to defend himself, but he defended himself using comedy. And now it's the same reaction where like a lot of people were like Oh, if I was Chris Rock, I would have done this. Or why didn't Chris Rock slap him back or put hands on him and stuff? Well, the reason why is because his childhood trauma, when he was getting picked on and stuff, when he was little, he never had that fight in him. And so when he faced with violent confrontations like this, his reaction isn't to fight, it's just more of a flight. Is more of a shell shock. He was just, and this was shown of him getting slapped at the Oscars, where he was just more like, wow, you know, bruh, smack me. And it just, it probably reminded him like, damn, when I was little, I used to get bullied like this. And my reaction is really never to fight. So, it's giving a better understanding on like both reactions, how they're talking about their childhood and their traumas, and how both men, black men, responded to this incident. And like the reason why I wanted to bring this up, because you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of people out there, but I'm putting the emphasis on black men. We go through a lot of childhood trauma that we don't necessarily either A, get to deal with properly, or B, get to even link this up to our adulthood decisions and how this affects our decisions in adulthood. And like like I said, I hated the, the incident happening and shit like that. But I'm glad both both men are kinda talking about their childhood traumas and how this affect our decisions in adulthood. And it is, you know, it made me look within too, like how my decisions or how my actions is as an adult, my childhood traumas. You know? I used to get picked on when I was a little kid, you know. Shit, picked on middle school, high school, and all that. That's probably why. I'm a little more aggressive, or my demeanor can be a little more standoffish than most. Or I don't abuse in the household. I don't shit where, like, somebody trying to attack my mom and shit with a motherfucking knife, and I'm just like, you know, trying to trying to protect her. But I'm a fucking little kid. I'm in elementary school and shit. I think I was like in. But, like, fifth grade or something like that. Or I done seen where where I, I'm in a motherfucking locker room middle school. And I'm seeing another kid getting robbed for his shit. And I'm, like, looking at and I'm, like, god damn, shit traumatic. Because then it had to me. We're, like, damn, I got to hella stand up for myself. Because I don't want that shit to happen to me. And it affects my decisions as adulthood, cause like certain things where I'm like, I'm more aggressive towards it. I'm working on it. I've been working on it and shit, you know. And I'm a, I tried to do therapy some years ago. Didn't really work out the way I wanted to. But I'm gonna do it again. But it does affect how I choose either my friends or how I interact with people outside and outside world. And a lot of people tell me they be like. Oh you look you look mean or or it's like it's hard to approach you, but I'm like, yeah, but when I was like a kid and child and shit, you know, I was happy and stuff like that, nigga's getting picked on. You feel me? So I had to harden up a little bit. It's cool. up. But hey, a lot of us go through this shit. Like I said, a lot of people have childhood traumas that affect their adulthood decisions. But I just wanted to put an emphasis on black men. Because, first of all, I'm a f-ing black man. And it's going to be hard to talk about your childhood traumas and how it's affecting your adulthood decisions. But it's better to talk about them. And look, man, if you ain't got nobody to talk to about it and shit, hey, hit my comments. Let me know. I'll talk to you about the shit. I'd rather you talk to somebody about it even if it's me or somebody else. A total stranger and shit like that. Instead of you holding it in. And end up doing. One of the most ultimate sins. In murking somebody. Or even hurting your goddamn self. Anyway. Yeah you know. You know I'll try to get solutions and shit. One of the solutions I have like I said is talking about it with somebody and people got to create safe spaces for us to talk about shit like this you feel me another thing i say is therapy i mean there there's probably other solutions out there i don't have the, i don't have the answers i don't know i have no idea but the way i'm dealing with it is i'm talking about my childhood traumas more To my close friends And like I said I am gonna seek therapy again Cause I did try it But it didn't work out like the way I wanted it to So you gotta try it again You feel me Man my my sources is Life and the internet And the situation That went on about The Will Smith and Chris Rock shit And what I'm seeing on the media Is the social and all that shit And like I just wanted to bring this up because I'm not really seeing a lot of people talk about this aspect of the incident. And this actually is a big aspect of that incident. And it affects everybody that has been through childhood trauma. Which I'm one of the people that has been through a lot of childhood trauma. I'm not going to tell you all the shit, but I gave you a couple of examples of the shit I've been through. And maybe why the, the decisions... Or even the lack of decision making that I have as an adult because of childhood trauma. Anyway, like I said, if you if, if you got something you want to get off your chest and you ain't got nobody to talk to and shit like that, you know, you can holler at me in the comment section. I'll respond back. You feel me? Or, you know, you can also get a therapist. You know, there's options out there and shit like that. Um, Yeah, but on a, on that note, Get that goddamn childhood trauma out of here. Shit's bullshit, <laughs> man. No child. I feel like no child should have to go through certain traumas and shit like that. But hey, we don't live in a perfect world. Anyway, y'all know what we about to get into. We about to get into the sav segment. And this movie right here is a is a bright spot in my childhood. All right. So of y'all, that together. y'all, I'm gonna toot my own goddamn horn. Give my own goddamn self a hand clap. Goddamn! Goddamn I'm good! One of the best tubers and potters out here, baby! <laughs> yeah! in this movie right here, The Last Dragon, on HBO Max. Oh my goodness. This was a cult classic, as they like to call it. I like to call it a black classic, all right. And this was one of my childhood favorites. And me watching it as an adult now, uh, I, you know what? Let me get the stats and stuff before I get into the you know juicy details, cause you know I'm a damn stat teacher at this point. Anyway, IMDb gave it a 6.8, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 59%. You know what? <laughs> Them critics. This is a black classic, God damn it! I dare you motherfuckers give this such a low score. Y'all can suck my dick. Respectfully. <laughs> Tell somebody to respectfully suck your dick. What the? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, nah, but the people out there make it 89%, you feel me? Hell yeah. This was an action comedy film. This came out on March 22nd, 1985. You feel me? This was directed by Michael Schwartz. Shout out to you, bro. I like, I like the movie. It was nostalgic for me, you feel me? I'm glad they put this on a platform that I can watch. Um, the cast was Ty Mac. He was Leroy Green or Bruce Leroy. That's what we're going to call him. Bruce Leroy. Julius Carey he was the best character in the goddamn movie. Shown up. Am I the prettiest? So up. Who is the baddest? So up. Am I the meanest? So up. If you know, you know, goddamn it. Woo! <laughs> it had uh, Vanity. She played Laura Charles. R.I.P. to her. She passed away in, um... 2016. I think some kidney failure or something like that. Some kidney problems and stuff. Uh, You know what I mean? She played the hell out of her her role. Amen. And there's hella more. Like I said, this is a black classic. And alright, just a thing. Show enough character was the best character because every character in this film was overacting except for Bruce Leroy. That's the most underacting I've ever seen in my goddamn life. And like he talked hella, you know what I mean? Like the, the, you know, like the Jackson. He looked like one of the Jackson Fives. Him and his brother. His brother, his little brother, was loud and obnoxious, but he was more. He, you know what? He was the Jackson Six. He was the long lost Jackson brother. While them niggas was out there doing music, he was like, you know what? I'm a dude, motherfucking kung fu. What y'all talking about? (laughs) But basically, the plot of this movie. It was a, um, it was a black kung fu movie, you know, it was like black exploitation. They had a, bl- a lot of black exploitation movies out there and like, you know, me seeing it now, it was a lot of culture appropriation between Asian people and black people, but they even culture appropriated some white folks. <laughs> God damn! This is a culture appropriation like a motherfucker. But I love it. Oh, I can't help it. Shit. God damn. But the the, the plot basically was the show nerve was running this gang, and they look like they dressed like the gang off of uh it's these actually I think the New York people took took they they style or whatever, but they was a protector gang in New York, I think in the 90s and shit. But they dressed like these niggas. And basically Enough with the beat. <laughs> of Bruce Leroy ass, because everybody said Bruce Lee could whoop his ass. And then you had the the rich white man, which was some short little Danny DeVito looking motherfucker with a with the he had the the reverse mohawk where this part is gone, but he had hair here. And he wanted to get in the showbiz, and basically he wanted to use vanity, but oh, she didn't want to work for him, God. so he kidnapped her. And That gang was terrorizing the whole, show enough gang was terrorizing the whole town. And he wanted to fight Bruce Leroy. And Bruce Leroy didn't want to fight him. He was zen kung fu. And he wanted to, he wanted to find the master. And he met these three, like he met this one dude. Was, I guess his fake sensei. I don't know. They were throwing shit out the wall. And I was like, as a kid, I loved this shit. I loved it now. It was very comical. But as a kid, I was like, yo, I really thought this shit was real. I was like, "Uh, kids are so impressionable. (laughs) But uh, he he told him like, yo, you're going to find your master if you go do all this shit. Sent him on a wild goose chase. He met these three Asian dudes that was mad, culture-appropriating black people. Jesus Christ. But... Bruce Leroy was culture appropriating Asian people. What? So it was like reverse culture appropriation. It was like the Spider-Man meme. You look like me, but I look like you. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they were just faking the funk. And he basically was telling them, like, look, the answers is in, in you, in your mind. Once you do that, you can have the glow. That was all premises too. Like He was trying to get the super, superpower glow shit. And what was going around was they said that Bruce Leroy caught a bullet with his teeth. Nigga, please. That's what show enough line. <laughs> to- Nigga, what? And, man, one of the greatest lines, man, you know. And if I do decide to dress up as show enough as Halloween or on Halloween, i won't be telling niggas kiss the con burrs who's the master me <laughs> oh the overacting bro god damn oh my goodness and vanity well when i you know vanity she was a love interest and, uh, when I was a little kid watching it, you know, I didn't know much about it. But when I watch this shit now, and I'm older, god damn, Vanity, you prove our point as men that women are way hornier than men. She was a horny toad. She was all alone, bro. Like, especially after, uh, Bruce Leroy whooped some people ass, or, you know what I mean, and that's another the reason why I like this movie. Two reasons. One. It showed a black superhero. We didn't see many black superheroes like that. Two, it showed a black man protecting black women. Message. I pause because I let it, I gotta let y'all let that sink in for y'all. Now it had a lot of racist bullshit and prejudice shit in it, but it did have that. All right. But yeah, you know she. He whoops him at her, and she was like, God damn. I'm wet as hell now. (laughs) She wanted the the whole time. I'm like, damn. Let the nigga breathe. Hey, but the one thing I did like about her character, she put in effort to get her man. You feel me? I likes that. Black love. Mm. But yeah, like I told you, the plot—that was the plot—and the rest of it was just pure, pure comedy gold, man. It was so just—you know what I mean? They had the one character, bro, was like uh, half half Asian, half white, and he was like, you know, doing some culture appropriators too. He was doing shit like, yo, you know, if you if you Asian and you know kung fu, you ain't really even gotta know it. You just gotta have some attitude, like what the. Jesus Christ. Huh? Oh. Ow. Beat your ass. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the best actors, though, real talk were the little kids, man. Shout out to y'all. And they had Rudy Huxable in that shit. Hey, the kids were killing it, bro. They the best actors, man. For real. Everybody else was overacting, but the 80s, that's all they did was overact like a motherfucker. <laughs> But yeah, but they also paid paid a tribute to one of the most gangsters, coolest motherfuckers out ever, Bruce Lee. You know what I mean? That was tight. And like, they had this scene. They had a lot of like, it was a lot of culture appropriation, but also they included so many motherfuckers in the film. And this was big in the 80s because they weren't doing that shit. They had a transsexual on there. They had the village people on there. They had black, white, Asian. I even thought I saw an alien in that bitch. I think they had the first alien in the movie. You feel me? In that movie theater scene. Hell yeah. That shit was crazy. (laughs) But yeah, man, like. Like I said, though, that was the plot. They were terrorizing the town to get Bruce Leroy to fight. He didn't want to fight till the very end. Uh, and then, like, you know, kidnap the girl and his brother and shit. And then, like, they the standoff, the fight scene. Like, I enjoyed it. You feel me? Show sure enough was the first one to get the glow. He was like, ah,
1: that's your ass, Bruce Leroy.
0: And he all started glowing red and shit. And I was like, damn. As a little kid, I was like, all right, Bruce Leroy was cool and shit, but for some reason, I always liked Show Nuff better. And I know he was going to lose every time. Well, the first time I saw the movie, I didn't know he was going to lose. But after after I saw the movie the first time, every time I watched it after that, I was like, damn it, I know Show Nuff going to lose, but I kind of want him to win. Horrible, ain't it? Why do we like the bad guys so much? I don't the f- know. <laughs> I don't I have no idea. Mm. But you know, I mean, Neville sure was whooping his ass, then Bruce Leroy hit him with the kink, kink, kink. Bio whooped his ass a little bit. Sean sure was slumped. Then he got up, had the glow. Bruce Bruce Leroy was like, how in the f- did this nigga get the glow before me? and then you know i mean shona was whooping his ass and then you know he was dumping him in the water like a toilet water and then bow somehow bruce leroy got the motherfucking glow and then beat the shit out of shona and then the 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 white dude that they're depicting as the man the rich white man he had the gun he was the only nigga with a gun too hmm. i guess that was messaging message Anyway, he shot at him, and Bird caught the bullet with his teeth, whooped his ass. Everybody go to jail. They all go to jail. Bruce Leroy saves the day. Everybody happy. Vanity gets her man, Bruce Leroy. The end. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. Amen. Like this is this is a black cl- black classic, bro. This is the shit. And like I said, the re- the reason why I like it, I didn't notice it then, but now I notice it now. This was kind of one of the one of the first representations I saw as a a black person being a black superhero. And also, I'm like they're basically fighting over trivial shit, you know. But. Whatever, man. I, 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 like, I like kung fu movies. and I, This is the first time I saw black people being depicted doing kung fu. Besides creamed uh, Abdul-Jabbar and uh, one of Bruce Lee films. You know what I mean? But, like I say, man. I don't encourage you to watch films, nor do I deter you to watch films. You feel me? I, look it, bruh. You know what I mean? This was The Last Dragon on HBO Max. Get this motherfucking hand clap, god damn it. God damn. A <laughs> black classic. <laughs> Woo! And on that note, who is the baddest? Show Alright. <laughs> Alright, y'all know what time it is. Ooh, snap. It is motherfucking me Meantime. time. And I got some juicy music. So oh, snap. So y'all know I was talking about the movie The Last Dragon. <laughs> and as we an now, I knew how horny Vanity is. Oh, my goodness. From our potters out there, we have a picture of Vanity. And it reads. Ladies be like, I know I just met him. But and she got the lusty look Ooh, she got the lusty eyes and like hmm, I know I just met him but uh, I give him all my pussy <laughs> not just some she giving all of it you feel me Bruce, Bruce Lee Ray gonna be glowing in that shit <laughs> Jesus Christ oh my god alright Got another meme for y'all, you feel me? It got a zebra going into the car of another, like, the white lady on the phone. She's like, oh my God, I'm scared. And she got, like, a zebra-looking shirt on. And it reads, you can't wear them color out here, (laughs) cuz. Ah, the zebra banging on her. Hell no, you can't wear that around me. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, my goodness, bruh. Oh, my God. Yeah, Zebra like, we ain't having that. Nope, nope. Mm-mm. Take that off right now. She like, goddamn. damn. She calling the police on a Zebra. What? I'm gonna call the police on a Zebra? Man. <laughs> About to snatch her damn wig off. She like, she got a wig on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another meme from The Last Dragon. And we got shown up. And he got his look, the mean look. I'm the baddest. And it reads I kicked Daniel LaRusso's ass back in '84. (laughs) Oh, 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 my goodness. I think show sure enough did whoop Daniel Caruso's ass. He whooped all day asses. Mr. Miyagi. What? Everybody. He was just whooping everyone's ass and then got his ass up by Bruce Leroy. He was whooping Bruce Leroy's ass though for a minute. Woo! Show sure enough, nigga! <laughs> anyway, I'm your host, Kamal. This another episode of The Gab. Like I say, I got the best audience out here, you feel me? Y'all give yourself a goddamn hand clap out there. Got the kids watching. Hell yeah. I appreciate y'all, man. From the ugly to the beautiful to the in-betweeners. Y'all the best out there. For my tubers, though, YouTube been around since 2005. I don't need to tell y'all what to do to get the video or the channel booming. But I do need to tell y'all to sub and share. Sub and share for you, boys. For my potter's. Look, I'm on Google Podcasts. I'm on Apple Podcasts. And I'm on SoundCloud. All across all those platforms. All you gotta do is type in the Gab or Kamal Johnson and T. Bow and I pop right up. I like to thank my sponsor, First Place Losers. The link to the shop gonna be in the description below. Y'all go check out the garments, you feel me? Woo! Man, I gotta start saying this too, bro. Like, you know, I'm one of the best tubers and potters out here, bro. I ain't even gonna lie to y'all, bro. You feel me? Who the baddest tuber out of all? Come on up. Who's the prettiest tuber of them all? Come on up. Man, no, I'm out, man. Shit. Who is the sexiest tuber of them all? Come on up. Who's the baddest tuber of them all? Come on now! <laughs> this was gay. This was a get. Ooh, yeah!